Welcome to Imagine Teaching. No. Reimagine. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Reimagine Teaching. I am not your host. Continue. With your with your host, Brittany Lang, who doesn't know what her own podcast is called. Um, I am with my friend, fellow teacher. The only person who made it so that I survived college. <laughs> She's Wait, nodding You're alone. not wrong. <laughs> um, Edith Martinez, who is um, a Spanish teacher um, in a neighboring school district, um, loves to travel, and honestly, my fairy godmother in many ways. Woo! But then next year, I'm all English, baby. Woo! Oh, that's right. I know. You switch. Okay. All right. Um... So, what I s- am starting with for every episode... Also, you're going to be episode three. <gasps> yes! <gasps> My dreams are I know. true. Your favorite number. Correct. You're so welcome. Yes. You seem fitting. Um, we are starting each episode um, on a positive note. So, what is something that is bringing you joy this week? This week, I'm going to Seattle for the second time. I'm going to visit two friends, both who are in the Navy, um, one who I will not see for the next six to eight months, mm-hmm. so that's going to bring me joy, so I'm very excited. So you get to see her? Yes. Not before she's, she's yeah. No, 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 yeah. Before she's deployed. <laughs> I, yes, I get to see her before she deploys. Absolutely. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. What do you guys do while you're up there? I've never, I still need to go. I've never been to Seattle. <laughs> so the last time I was there, I really wanted to go to a cat cafe. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But COVID was still a thing, still is, for those who don't know. Um, so <laughs> you've your PSA with Edith. Correct. <laughs> so you had to get, book an appointment, and my dumb self did not know, so I was sad. We just had to, like, window shop and, like, Aww. stare at the kitties. But this time, we booked an appointment, like, weeks in advance, so we're in. We're awesome. going oh, to play with cats for 45 minutes. So I have lovely. to ask, you just came back from Spain, too. Correct. Did you go to a cat cafe in Spain? No, and I really wanted it to. Is. I know. And I saw two cats, and they did not love me. They just kind of walked away, and it was sad. <laughs> I took pictures of them, so it's fine, but no, I didn't. Because when we went to Europe a couple summers ago, I remember I, me and my mom went and did something else, because you were like, I have to go see the cat cafe. <laughs> Correct. In Prague, and it was wonderful. Just gave them snacks. You sit down and they, like, love you. Unlike my cats. Correct. Who don't, who don't love me, even though I love them. I know. It's okay. You have to start, like, leaving your clothes here so they can smell you. <laughs> yes, I will do it. Or before you leave, I have catnip growing. You can give them some catnip and then yes. they'll figure it out. Correct. All right. They will um, I'm me. trying to think. This week, what is bringing me joy? I did not tell, tell you this. I did a bunch of gardening this weekend. Um, a bunch of my plants in the back had become, like, way overgrown. So I took a power tool and just sawed the shit out of the bushes in the back. It was so satisfying. Yeah. And so much fun. Yeah. And I scared my husband a little bit because <laughs> he was going to mow. And I was like, wait, let me cut the bushes back so you can actually get up to it. And I was like, but if you want to help, you can, like, pick up the branches after I cut them off. But I'm, like, <laughs> had, like, the saw in my hand and I'm like... Way whacking it back and forth. Nice. And he was like, I'm just going to stand really far away while you do that. Taking out your frustrations I know. all in the backyard. Love yeah. It. it was really satisfying, and now it looks so pretty back nice. there. Love that for you. So I have one more thing I got to do. I The previous owners cut, like, everything down to the ground before mm. they left. So I thought there was nothing planted back there. So I planted a couple things, and now the stuff that they cut is... So I have a rose bush I didn't know I had Aww. that's, like, growing really weird because I haven't been taking care of it because I didn't know I had it. Nice. I planted a bush, and it turns out I planted my bush on top of another bush that was already growing, so I had to, like... It got weird, but it's been fun. But, yeah, highly recommend if you have some frustration, like, power tools and destroying things. Nice. Are a great combo. Nice. I approve. Very fun. All right, so I know you, it's so funny because I, we just, um, the first episode I interviewed Christina, who's also getting a new job. Um, Did not know, what? Yep, so she's moving, uh, she'll be in the school district next year. Yeah. So it's like, so the next question is, what's your classroom, what does your classroom look like on a daily basis? 
But I know next year you'll be all English, yeah. which you had been doing. Yes, correct. I was split between Spanish and English, but then this upcoming school year I'll be all English full-time. Are you excited about it? Yes. <laughs> Question mark? Correct. It's just going to be different. So from the time I started teaching full, like, full-time, um, I've, I've always been split. So my day would always start with, Half of my day, the first three periods of the day, would be Spanish. And because I was split between departments, I never had my own room, which was fine. And then in the afternoon, I would do two classes of English. So and you're at the high school. Correct. And you guys had, you have, like, a department office. Correct. So, so I you had a desk. Correct. But like in both offices, which was really nice. Um, but because my <laughs> if you're avoiding some coworkers, you can just go to your other desk. Correct. But so because I started my mornings in Spanish, I would always start my morning in the Spanish world language office. So I would have my coffee there, eat whatever breakfast I had, uh, talk to coworkers or whatever. Um, so. That's my day. So, like, periods one, two, three were always language, or, yeah, Spanish classes. Then I would have a break, either my lunch or prep, or both back-to-back. And then the last two classes of the day would be English with a break in, in between. I'd always have seventh period off because that was my English prep. Like, everybody had who had taught my sections would have seventh period off. But then this, yeah, so that I could prep with them or if I had questions, I was with them. Then this upcoming next, next school year is going to be different. So it's just going to be interesting to rework my brain to just do English. Yeah. But you really like your English department, right? I do. Yes. I'm just worried about the classes. So I'm doing freshman. So English one, uh, English two with, which is sophomores. And then I'm going to do one senior level course which is speech fun i know we'll see how it goes <laughs> we'll come back and tell you all about it that's awesome i'm not doing any english this year what are you i'll doing? be a full-time math support pushing yep for all what yep pushing into four math classes and then i'll have one esl class and one study hall resource room but I handed over all the English courses because no one else in the ESL department wants to do math. So. Dang. Yeah, and then I found out that the math class I put all my students in for next year, um, because we have, like, a bunch of juniors who are really behind in credits but can't do, like, not regular. The next class they would have to take is um, whatever comes after geometry pre-calc and I was like they can't do it so I have them all in consumer math and apparently next year's the last year we're gonna offer that the district's like so excited about all the advanced math classes they're offering that they cut consumer math from the program what so okay (laughs) so then what okay so love that for them one year at a time I don't know what's gonna happen the year after because one day at a time let's be real if COVID taught us anything right one day at a time whatever's in front of us will be dealt with first after that you know that's a later you problem (laughs) later you later you problem so we have to-do lists so we can write it down and then put it off Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so today we're gonna talk about reimagining because that's the title of the podcast that you so kindly reminded me. You're very welcome. Reimagining grading. Correct. So I actually was super grateful that you were already working in high school when I transferred to the high school because I had heard you talk slash complain a lot about your grading system. And then the high school I went to last year has the same grading system. Um, It was super helpful. I was like, wait, I have questions. Let me call Edith. (laughs) Correct. Oh, my gosh. So both of our schools do 90-10 grading, Mm -hmm. which means... 90% 90% of it is skill-based grading, so, like, depending on your discipline, right? So, like, quiz, essays, speeches. Yeah. So, um, summatives. Summatives, yes. So, in our gradebook, it literally is summatives, and then 10% is formatives. Formatives, yes. Some of our gradebooks are like that. Others are just, like, can break it down even more. So, like, if you just do essays and whatever, tests, that could be your two categories, 
So, oh, but they have to make up 90. Correct. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Either way, so it's 90% is your summatives. summatives. Mm-hmm. Only 10% of your grade is formatives. Correct. Which is a huge shift from even when we were in high school. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Um, where it was kind of just whatever points the teachers wanted to give Correct. things. Mm-hmm. Or like you, I mean, some classes have had categories like English had like essays, books, tests, whatever. Yeah. Like. But then they decided how many, like the percentages for each thing. Yeah. And I think every English teacher had a different grade book. Right. Or a, <laughs> right. Like, right. Every teacher had a different grade book. So, because you were kind of, you were at your school when they made this change, right? Correct, yes. So what was the reasoning behind this shift? Oh, dear Lord. So, if I remember correctly, we this start... This was not yesterday, so it's going to not be accurate. Correct. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure this started right before we went home... For COVID. For COVID. Yeah. And they had committees talking about grading. And I forget, like, it might just been the grading committee. I don't freaking know. Because I was not on it. But they were looking at different ways to make grading fair and equitable across the board. And one of the things was changing our grading scale to the GPA scale. Which is a problem in, in and of itself. But, so... If you have a four, you get an A. Oh, yeah. If you get a three, you get a B, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, the decimals make or break you. But whatever. So that was one way to change grading. And then another thing everybody was talking about was the 90-10. At our school, though, all math classes were doing the 90-10 already. Like, they had been for mm-hmm. years prior to prior to the school doing it. Um, and it was going, like, (laughs) they did it for a long time, but then it also caused a lot of problems. A lot of freshman students would fail math, math one, because it was 90-10, right? Because quizzes and tests were your entire grade. Yeah. And if you did no homework, that's fine, because it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But if you don't do the homework, you fail the quizzes and tests. Right. And then you fail the class. Yeah. And in our school, I wasn't at the school before they made the change. Like, this year was the first year they had it like this. But I wasn't there for all the conversations on why they were doing this. Um, and the beginning of the year was kind of crazy. They were just like, this is how it is. I was like, okay, cool. Um, but it sounded like... They were especially concerned about just making things more standards-based Yes, in our building. Correct. So that all of your um, summatives are aligned with your... Standards. Standards. In our school, we are supposed to have learning targets for each unit, and then that's what you're grading students on for their summatives. And that's what the practice is, your formatives. But the, the idea being um, that... We want kids to put most effort into the summatives, so that should be worth the most points. Because mm-hmm. if they do really well on that, they should pass the class. Correct. Even if they did no homework. Right. Um, and so it's supposed to make it a little bit more fair and make it, you know, less about just turning things in and more about, like, do you actually understand the material? Correct. Um, one of the issues, or for me as a teacher, it was a little bit hard because I taught high school before... But then I didn't really have to do any grading while I taught elementary. So just getting used to, um, like, grading again. <laughs> but then also, like, what um, what do I even put in for the 10%? Correct, yes. Because either you're going to do it or not. And not that it doesn't matter, because it does. It does, right? The practice helps you figure out what you're going to do for your summatives. right. But also, if I assign this verb thing to Brittany, she's either going to do it or not. And then that will decide how everything else follows. Right. So. And the idea is, so you should be doing that. Yeah, I should be doing my verb worksheet. When I totally bomb it as my teacher, you can see that and look through it and help me relearn it. Correct. And the problem I've seen not in my class, but in the classes I co-teach, so I was in mostly in the math department this year, is that when kids were doing their homework, they got to check it themselves, 
um, or like it wasn't getting turned in. Or if it was getting turned in, it was turned in and graded, but the teachers weren't using the data for anything. Mm. So, like, by the time the test came around, either no one had done the homework. Right. Or they had done it and bombed it, and we still hadn't done extra practice. And then we do the quiz, which is a summative. Yep. And they do really poorly. And then we moved on. Yeah, not going back to fixing or, like... Trying to get the kids back up to speed where they should be right. so that the next time they do a formative, summative, they're successful. Yeah. So in my class, mind you, my class runs very differently than other classes. Um, like, I wanted to make sure that they had enough practice, enough opportunities to practice that I was confident they could pass the test. Mm-hmm. The only kids who failed my class are kids who just did not take tests. Like, were absent mm. and then... Okay, yeah. Never took the time to make it up. Fair. And all of my tests are, like, I, you can do them at home. I don't care. So it wasn't like there wasn't time. They just literally never did it. Um, and I don't have a, like, time limit on grading and stuff like that. I don't have to because I only had eight students. But I understand if you have multiple sections of 20-some kids, that's not as easy to be flexible about. Um, but other than, like, you can pass it because we practiced it enough. And if we didn't, my tests are actually just a Google Doc and that's um, separated by skill, and there's a link or a section for each skill. And so I would actually, like, go through and grade each and then be like, wow, you didn't do well, but you only did really poorly on the vocabulary section. Nice. Study that tonight. I will give you just the vocabulary section again tomorrow. Um, and I built in room in my schedule, my classroom schedule, that, like, the first 10 minutes was a writing prompt, but if we had just had a test and you had to redo part of it, that's what you're doing for the first 10 minutes. And I would write it out, like, what I need you to do. Um, but in a lot of classes, the teachers were like, they failed, so they failed. Move on. And now we're going to move on. And I feel like in math, in a lot of the classes in math, in a lot of the English classes I was in, too, if the kids missed one of the beginning steps, they were not going to catch up. <laughs> right. And I feel like it's tough. So you had eight kids in your classroom. It's tough when... You have a team of, I don't know, five people, right? And you're supposed to stick to a schedule, right? Because in our school, assessments need to be given within days of each other, right? So if Brittany and I are teaching English 1, our summative needs to be within days of each other, right? But realistically, that doesn't work because we have different kids. Like, Brittany has eight kids in her class. I have 28. So, like, that doesn't work for our classrooms, even though we're teaching the same section, right? right? But that's what we had to do, right? And we also had a curriculum to keep, right? So first we're doing whatever, verbs, and then we're doing adjectives, right? So in the power that be, like, I don't know, in somebody's mind, we're supposed to do this in two weeks, and then two weeks we're supposed to move on to this, and we have to keep going because that is what the curriculum says we have to do, and that's what we just need to keep moving. And that is unhelpful on multiple levels. <laughs> right. <laughs> For everybody. Right. And then when it comes to grading, like, oh, I only have eight kids in my class, so we had two full days to review for the test, and we did great. And I don't know what's wrong with your class. Right, my 28 <laughs> kids who didn't get like, it. I was trying to keep them from killing each other, right. and we didn't get to review as much. But we all had to give the test on the same day. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, but the 9010 has been, it was very, very interesting this year. So coming back from COVID, um, and this year I think actually was one of the worst years we had as far as student participation. Correct. Or behavior. <laughs> or behavior. Correct. Or yes. Everything. Engagement. It was just yes. bad. Bad, yes. bad, bad. And so coming back from COVID and kids just literally don't know how to do school anymore. I know you and I talked about yes, that a lot. Oh my God. Like, you have a test tomorrow. Okay, you should write that down somewhere. Right. Like, no, I'll remember. Make sure to bring this piece of paper that will be helpful. I told you about it ten times. Like, and then you, the test comes. Like, I don't have that paper. I was like, I gave it to you two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would hand it to them the day of, and they would put it in their backpack. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's your note sheet for the test. Yeah. I'm like, the test that I'm giving you right now. <laughs> like. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I had multiple kids who would have a note sheet in front of them for the test, and it's for, like, math. It literally is, like, match the picture. 
Yeah. To the one on your note sheet, and they got all of it wrong. And I was like, I have... I know first graders who could do this, dude. It's not even a math question. That's just a matching game. Oh, my gosh. They just don't know how to do it. Right. How to use the resources, how to anything. And so with summatives being their whole grade, Mm -hmm. we had, I mean, the number of students we have who didn't get credits this year is astronomical. It's awful. I want to see... I can't remember our numbers, but I think ours is the opposite. I think we've had our best, like, ABC grade-wise in a couple years because I think this is about the second year we've done whole... mm, My time is very skewed right now. I think this is the second year that we did the 90-10. And so kids are picking up that, like, I don't really need to do the formatives. I need to do the summatives. And our school allows you to retake summatives, which is fine and dandy. Then kids kind of realized, well, if I'm not ready to take it today when the test is, I can take it in a couple days and bomb it anyways, and then retake it right before the school year ends and be fine. So you guys have a school-wide retake policy? So this is something we don't have yet. And there was a whole committee to talk about setting up a policy. Okay, so unofficially we don't have a school-wide retake policy. But this year is the first year our school decided no finals. So once upon a time, it was 80% your two-semester grades plus 20% the final. Sorry, no. Wrong, wrong, wrong math. Bad. (laughs) 80% 80% was your grade, and then 20% was your final grade. Mm-hmm. And that would make your semester grade. Yeah. But this year, we did away with finals for a semester. So, fi- yeah, so you don't have a final exam that factors into their grade at all. No, but we allowed that time to do retakes. So, because of that, a lot of kids decided to retake our last summative. But then, second semester, kids decided that they could retake anything from that semester. And the district, or the school didn't say... Yay or nay. Yeah. So, some teachers were doing that, some weren't. And then that caused some issues, too, because, oh, Miss Lang said I could redo something from January. Right. But, you know, Miss Martinez said I couldn't, so then that would cause issues. And then some departments did... Like, no, you have X amount of time to redo summatives or for, or whatever before your grade is locked in. But then that also caused problems with other departments because yeah. they had different rules and it was just low-key a mess. Yeah. So we don't... Our school kind of said they're not even going to set a school-wide retake policy. They want it to be up by department. Mm. Each department to make a decision. Um. But my issue is some of the departments that really do not want students to, to to be able to do retakes are being very strict about the policy. So you can retake your test only if you have gotten an 85% and above on every single homework assignment mm. related to that unit. And so before the kids can even retake the assessment, they have to double check that they did all the homework and that they did the homework well which doesn't seem fair to me because if the point of it is to practice and you probably aren't going to do well on some of it. Um, And if you didn't do all the homework or didn't do well on it, you have to redo all that homework, which they may or may not put in the grade book, just so that you can do this test again. And for a lot of our students, they just don't have the stamina. Just getting them to do retake a test is a lot of work. Or even just asking, right? Right. To be like, hey, I would like to redo this. Even that is a struggle. Yeah. That to then be like, okay, but here's eight other hoops you have to jump through first. They're like, never mind. So math, again, they've been doing it forever. So their policy is like, okay, I fail a quiz. You have to do this remediation worksheet. You only have to do one. Mm -hmm. Turn that in. Make sure you understand enough to do the retake. If there's no point, right? Because if I give you the quiz again, doesn't mean you're going to do better. Right. So do remediation, have it checked, and then there's different opportunities to do the quiz again. Because we have a math lab after school. Mm. Depending on your teacher, you can do it before school. So that's really awesome for math. <laughs> I feel like other disciplines don't have 
that structure built in yet, where it yeah. is easier to retake something and show mastery of something that you, yeah, can absolutely do. When we, so I worked in the math and English departments this year. And so I agree. It's easier for math. Correct. Because um, easier to say, here's the skills you were supposed to learn. Mm-hmm. Here's just an alternate set of problems mm-hmm. that you can do for remediation. And then come and do the test again. Um, whereas in the English department, I know, and I wasn't in, I didn't go to any of the department meetings because I, because it was, most of our ESL team was new. So we, our department meetings were just us trying to figure out how we're doing our jobs. Um, <laughs> we were like, we're our own department and we're drowning. Correct. Um, but I had heard that the English department meetings, and this relates to grading, were very stressful because the English department could not, for each unit, settle on a small set of learning targets or skills. Okay. So if you said, tracks. you know, what is your five, we were supposed to pick like five, no more than eight learning targets per unit. Like, what is the goal for this unit? And it was like to read all of Romeo and Juliet. Well, that's not. No. That's not a skill or a learning target. Right. And it's not something that we can. Assess. Assess or reassess. You kind of, but not really. Right. Like to read a portion of Shakespeare and, uh, and comprehend it. Sure. We can make that. But they like could not. They refused. Some of the teachers refused to narrow their stuff down to skills. So then doing remediation for a whole that, book. Right. Well, how are you supposed to do that? And that was kind of the point. She's like, well, we can't just, like, throw the whole book out. It's like, well, it's not. That's not what I mean. But, like, you know, and I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about this. Like, as far as being equitable and trauma-informed, sometimes our kids just do need a little bit less on their plates. Correct, yes. And you should be able to say, yeah, at a bare minimum, I need you to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Correct. With Romeo and Juliet, if you want it to be, but... Right. Or really, ha- and I know you have strong feelings about requiring students to do Shakespeare, but like... I do. If it has to be Romeo and Juliet, or can it be any Shakespeare, or can it be any play? Like, what is the goal? Um, but those are hard conversations for teachers to have, to narrow things down like that. But I think it if we don't have those conversations, it really does impact our students negatively. Correct. Because then when we go to grade, I mean, I can't imagine being in those meetings of like, how do you grade their essay... When, you know. you, when some someone in your classroom can't write a sentence. When somebody, like... Somebody can't write a sentence. Somebody else didn't read the book. Right. Um, you doesn't know. know how to write a Malcon or isn't here for three days, so doesn't know what the heck we're, we're doing, so then... Right. Correct, yes. It's just, a, it's a lot. Yeah. And I think... I think, as far as the whole grading thing goes, some teachers are so... Like, everything I do is so important. And they don't want to let go of anything. That they've been doing for the last 60 years. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. And they won't let go of anything. But I think when they realize, like, if they would just let go of a little bit. Correct. And realize that they would be so much happier and have a little bit less stress and their students would be a little bit more successful. But that might encourage them. But even just having them to, like, unclench their fish just a tiny bit is so much work. <laughs> I know. And then, so, in our school anyways, English and history, I think, are tied with the biggest department. Mm-hmm. There's so many people involved that that also makes things difficult. I feel like yeah. also adds because, you know, you view grading this way, right? You think this is a skill check or whatever formative you think this is a summative you think we should have another practice before we do another summative like or maybe your kids need another practice before you do the summative but then again like we have a schedule to keep we need to make sure we get to this before this like whatever the hell and most people become teachers because they care about the art of teaching right very very few people want to be hired and just told what to do so they do want to be involved in every conversation. So when it is a huge department of a dozen people and everyone is really passionate about the art of teaching and wants their voice in how things are taught and what is taught, yeah, that's not an easy Mm-mm. meeting. And I know, too, sometimes it's hard just the way schools are set up. So administration says this is the new grading system. Yep. And ours and we, started when we were on Zoom. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you were Which like, was a- so they couldn't hear your internal screaming because they were all you were no, all. No, and we also were 
while I was pissed. I was like, why are we doing this now? We are in Zoom doing this brand new thing. We don't know what our students look like. We don't know if they're paying attention. Here is a new grading system. Not system, but like new way to look at things. While you're, everything else you're looking yeah. at is a new way of how to do things. So we're like, what the hell? But in our building, we don't... Do we have department chairs? We must. Our department doesn't have one. But... Because mm. um, then they would have to pay one of us more. So... Right. <laughs> um, but in our building, like... Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, so the administration says this is a new grading system. And we're like, okay, great. What counts as a formative and what counts as a summative? Right. Like, how is a is a quiz a formative or a summative? Since technically you're practicing for the test. Right. How many formatives would you like before we do a summative? And yeah. then, and then, how many summatives do you need in each unit? Because in in our GPA um, grade book, like a four is a A, that matters. Yeah. Like how many summatives you have in yeah. in each quarter, semester, whatever the hell. Yeah. But all of those questions... No right, one could answer. <laughs> we didn't know. And then it was, well, it's based on the department. Well, we have, for example, in the English department, you teach freshmen, sophomore, and seniors, but yeah. you're only going to be in one cohort. Yeah. So you're with the freshman teachers making decisions about how the freshman English classes will work, yep. and the senior English teachers make completely different decisions... For the senior class. For the senior class. Yeah. So one, you weren't in that meeting. Nope. Two, you have, you're supposed to follow it so that all the senior classes are doing the same thing. And then three, there's no one to go to when the 12 of you in the freshman department disagree. Because the administration's like, well, you guys are just supposed to make a decision. Correct. <laughs> like, we're leaving it up to you. Like, okay, Which well, isn't we, helpful because we, we need an adult. <laughs> right. Adults here, adults, like I like to say. But... Yeah. Yep. That kind of thing. Yeah. We have that problem now with softs. And I've always been part of sophomore team. I've always taught softs. Um, we have, like, two camps. <laughs> and we need somebody to, like, bridge us together. And that mm-hmm. should be my boss, right? My division chair. But they are very much like, you got this. And we're like, we don't got this. <laughs> Not <laughs> like, you're drowning, waving like, a help sign, right? Like, please band us together. Like, tell us what to do, and make sure we do it. Because that's an- yeah. another problem. Yeah. Like, so Brittany doesn't. There are teachers in our school who don't do the ninety ten, and I know that they exist. But then the people above them, our division chairs, upper admin, needs to make sure. Like, oh, Brittany's not doing that. We need to make sure and double check with Brittany alone because she's the one not doing it. Bring her on board. Like, do not have a whole staff meeting. I was like, some of you are not doing this. I was like, no, no, no. You need to talk to them. Call out the people who are who are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So some of that would be helpful. Yes, I appreciate that. My division chair is like you. You do you, boo. But like, no. Some instances you need to lay down the law, and make people do what they're supposed to do for the benefit of their classroom their kids, and overall the school. Yeah, and I think that tension is so hard because, like I said, especially at the high school level, oh, my gosh, at the elementary level, I feel like teachers are like, yeah, you know, we get a curriculum and we have to do the whole school behavior system because it's little kids and it's... And at the high school, I've had a couple conversations this year alone about, like, well, I became a high school teacher because I wanted the independence to teach the content that I love. Yep. And that... You know, we need to get through all this content because that's why I'm here is to teach content. And they don't want to do the school. It's not even Paul. It's just part of teaching where you actually, like, have to accommodate and teach your students. Right. The ones that are literally sitting in your classroom. <laughs> right. And so it's so strange to me that, you know, as for a lot of high school teachers, I think I've seen, like, you know, well, this is my classroom, so I'm going to do what I want to do. And don't understand that they're still part of a school building. Correct. <laughs> and also, like, again, students talk and even teachers talk. So, like, even if you do you, we know what you're doing. And if you're harming whomever, we will know about it. And so then what and you... we will find you. No. Right. <laughs> but it will affect everybody you work with. 
right? Oh, yeah. The kids, your other co-workers, because if you're doing something the rest of us aren't, like, oh, some little Johnny is going to be like, why do we have to do this? Because that other teacher is doing this, and I don't yeah. want to do this. I want to oh, be with that have, other teacher. I mean, and it it's sucks as an ESL teacher because we work with our students on all their subjects. By the end of the year, every year, we have a list, and we're like, please do not put our students with these teachers because they are not easy to work with. They, you know, whatever. Or, hey, please put our students with these teachers because there's so, you know, the one teacher... Uh, he teaches government and I mean yeah the last week of school kids can do any assessments they haven't done he's like just email me call me actually I'll just add you as a co-teacher so you can unlock all the tests online whenever the kid is with you before school after school I don't care as long as they're with an adult I had a kid come and meet me on a Saturday at the coffee shop and do his government stuff and the teacher was like great I'm glad it's done nice and then I have other teachers who are like, unless the kid is with me between 7.02 and 7.23 and a half, they cannot take it. Oh my gosh. And it's like, or yeah, and it's like, we know as for our department, like we know and it's, you know, for the, like you said, it's for the, the betterment of our students. Correct. Ultimately, right? Right. We, we would like them to succeed. And if that means retaking assessments or whatever it needs to be. We want to make sure that they know what they're doing. Do you think... So, two questions. First, do you think the 90-10 system is ultimately better for our students? I know that's a big question. Let me just... Like, I, I, think the huh. I think the percentages are wrong. Mm. Maybe... Maybe if it was, I don't know, 80-20. But then, I'm not a math person, so I don't know how the breakdown... But, like... When my husband gets home, we'll ask him. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But, like, if if it was, if the formatives were a little bit higher, maybe, I don't know. A smidge more weight so that students who don't have yes. intrinsic motivation to practice feel like, oh, feel I, a little bit of pressure to right, do the practice. I need to do this homework so that it bumps up my grade a little yeah. bit, right? So then that way the kids actually do the practice so that they can do the, the frickin' summatives. Um, but ultimately, do you think making summative so much of their grade is a good thing for them? I feel like that's a tough question because... I know. I, don't know. I go back and forth on this, but a lot of teachers think, like, our jobs are to prepare kids for out of high school, right? Because we're high school teachers, right? And I go back and forth on that a lot. But let's say for argument's sake, that is our job, right? To prepare kids for out of high school. So, like, what is what is a summative outside of high school? I'm asking. I don't know. I teach in a school. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, okay. Right. Let me, okay. My husband is an accountant. He so, has quarterly meetings with his boss. So that's a summative. Yeah, so that would be his summative. His summative, right? So does he get to redo them? No. Okay. Does he have flexibility when he can do them? Not really. Okay. So then... I mean, it's not like he can be like, I don't feel like doing it this quarter. Right. But, like, dates, even. Like, oh, oh yeah. Tuesday, not Tuesday. Uh, maybe Thursday. You know what I'm saying? Well, he's part-time, so they have to be pretty flexible with him. Okay. That's fair. But so, like, if you are preparing kids for outside of high school, then in some cases, summatives, like adult summatives, are flexible. Right? Right. Your husband's summatives On the other hand, flexible. if I think about his job, if he only showed up to work for his quarterly meetings with his boss mm. he wouldn't have a job anymore <laughs> right correct so if you think about that well the other summatives quote that he has to do are he's in charge of speaking at their weekly meetings and he's in charge of which would be considered formatives right right and if he doesn't do them <laughs> right he's fired <laughs> right i mean yeah there's nothing on his list that he can just not do, do. right even though some are formatives and some are summatives so then, yeah, I don't know the answer because it's, it's just yeah. hard. Because even if you don't think our jobs are to help students outside of high school, if you think our jobs are, my job is to teach my children English mm -hmm. or whatever the heck it is, whatever discipline. If that's what your job is, then the 90-10 doesn't really matter 
or maybe it does more because I think it matters more, more because then you ha- like all if, you care about is the summatives, right? Make sure you get the the content, the content, yeah. And can my job is to teach geometry, right? It doesn't matter how much you practice. I just need to know that you understand the geometry mm. concepts that you're supposed to learn in this year, and that I can move you along to the next math class. But if you never test, then have I done my job? Because how do I know that you know geometry? Right. So I think for, if that's the goal, is that they get the content, having summatives way more makes sense to me. Yes. Because I had not very many students, but I did have a couple students this year, especially kids who failed classes all the way through the pandemic, um, so are now in, like, biology for their third year. Like, he didn't have to do the homework. He's done the homework for two years mm. and just really needed, like... And so having it be 90-10, he passed all the tests without doing any homework because this is his third time taking the class and then could move on. But then, okay. Very unrelated, but related. So we have, because a lot of our kids fail, we have an alternative um, online credit recovery. That's what it's called. Thinking. So Brittany failed math two, right? She needs to take math two. So all she needs to do to pass math two is do this, the assessments, right? So the mm-hmm. quizzes and tests. Well, the answers are online. Or, you know, little Joe, who did it last year, took pictures of all the answers and sold it to Brittany for whatever, a hundred bucks. And now Brittany has the answers to the summatives. Right. So now she passed math to her and all her other classes and has a high school diploma yeah so <laughs> well, she our, did the 90 10 and in our school if you don't so for in that example i fail math too but i only failed three units i would only have to make up those units in credit recovery not the whole class so we do that for freshmen if you let's say you got a d or whatever an f but you're very close mm-hmm. to a DD plus, whatever. You can take the skills checks, the quizzes, tests, whatever the heck they're called. Two or three, or whatever, how many you need yeah. to get the D, the yeah. C, whatever the heck, after the fact. Yeah. So, so our kids can do... So not only can they do credit recovery and probably find the answers online, but they yeah. only have to do a portion of the class in credit recovery. Yep. And then get their diploma. So it is interesting. I think it is... Like you said, a lot of, like, what is the purpose? Correct. And that's, and when this started, that was my whole question. I was like, what is the point of this? So, like, backtrack, like, backwards design, right? Like, what do you want to get out of this? You are initiating this new thing, right? The the 4.0 GPA ABC thing and the 90-10. What is the rationale behind this? What are we supposed to get out of it, us the teachers and the kids? Right. Please explain it to me so that I know, so then I know how to but like you answer said. questions to the kids, so the kids know, so that we're all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, it really is, there's two distinct purposes for school. And mm-hmm. one is, you're showing that you have mastered a certain amount of content to earn your diploma. Correct. And the other is, because we're teachers and we care about them as humans, we want them to be at least mildly prepared for life after high school. Correct. And I think... There are two different camps. I mean, I think those are both... Those both can be true at Correct. the same time. Yes. Because I'm very much like, I feel this way, but then I feel this way, so I'm like in the middle right but but i know teachers who are one or the other like hardcore yeah believe one or the other and i think that makes the grading conversation really hard correct because like i said in a real life job i cannot ignore all of my practice formative stuff and just do the summatives and be a successful human um yeah on the other hand in real life, I do Google the answers to things when I don't know, mm-hmm. and it's going to take me too much time to solve it. Correct. So, for the kids who are doing that for their math tests, kudos for your ingenuity. Um, <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, there is, like, I mean, you have a curriculum that is district approved that we have to follow, and by teaching this class, I'm saying that we're using the curriculum and that you can complete the assessments that were given to me by the district, so. Correct. Yes. I think it is twofold, and so I think... 
I've seen for our students, this was really successful for some of our kids in getting them to pass classes. Correct. Because even as a teacher, I'd, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I have so much missing stuff. And I'm like, do no, these two Just summatives. do the two quizzes you missed. <laughs> Correct. And then that would bring your grade up very fast. Um, so but, as far as getting kids passing, that was it. But it didn't help with um, perseverance or... <laughs> or skills you need to be other skills. successful in high right. school and outside of high school. But, but okay. So I teach Spanish and English. So Spanish builds. So I primarily taught Spanish 3. So, you know, older kids. So at this point, you should have some level of Spanish to do what I'm asking you to do, right? Mm -hmm. And I assume your class is, like, completely taught in Spanish. Yes, or I try to at least. in Spanish. Yeah, so I try to. But so if you didn't do the formatives, you would have no idea what the heck I was talking about to do the summatives. Like, you really wouldn't. If you're you, missing key information. Correct. Like, a lot. So then I'd have a lot of kids be like, I don't know how to do this, whatever, writing prompt. And I was like, well, we've been practicing it mm-hmm. for like two weeks. with Different games or whatever the heck. So I don't know what to do to help you to do this writing prompt because we've already done all the practice, right? So, so in that case, it's difficult because language builds. Well, same for math. And for English. Yeah. So in my class, it was basically like, here's the text we're reading. Here are writing, you know, whatever prompts based on this one text. If you, if you miss the text, you're screwed. Well, and a lot, of, a lot of English teachers try to build to their final project as well. Like, Correct. Okay, our final project is going to be a comparative essay. So the entire time we're reading, I want you to compare the two characters. Right, yes. And that packet of comparing the characters is only a formative grade. But that's that's your summative. But <laughs> you're going to put it in complete sentences for your summative. And right. then I have kids who are trying to do the summative with a blank packet. And I'm like, yeah, so you're missing all of the notes. Correct. <laughs> like- to be able to do, like... <laughs> Even after reading, like, we actively read Antigone, literally, in class. I told you what to underline. I stopped after every page. I was like, write me a one-sentence summary. Get in, get out. And I'd give them, like, two minutes. Like, literally, that was our first text. I was like, okay, who can give me an example of fate? I was like, on this page, go. Like, literally, hand-delivered them active reading. Mm Mm-hmm. For Malcons, our paragraphs, our our essay, and I had kids who was like, I don't, I don't know, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. how do I help you now? Because basically, for a month, we've been on this one text. Oh my gosh, the whole first of all, the whole year we talked about writing complete sentences. Oh god, I still had kids not writing complete sentences on their semester two final. Second of all, we talked about. Um, like, reasons for writing. So it's persuade, inform, entertain. Mm-hmm. And I had a sh- uh, anchor chart up. Same anchor chart all semester with the evidence. Like, here's the evidence that would show you that it's informing. Here's the evidence that, right? And every test and quiz we did had questions about that on there. I copied those questions for the final, put the anchor chart on the final. Oh, God. And we still bombed it. So, And then that's the other thing I struggle with, 90-10, right? So, like, I am doing everything I can to prepare you for the summative, whether it's, like, the speaking, whatever the heck it is. At some point, I need you to to try. <laughs> because then, right. I, then I get super disheartened or what, like, I don't even know what well, the proper word is. Like you then, said, they show up and they're like, I don't know, so I'm not going to do it, but I get to retake it in a week. And right. Like, so then. Oh my gosh. So then what's the point of me? <laughs> like, what's the point of everything? Like, of ever, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Ultimately. Is because what, having an existential crisis in her classroom. No, but really. At, no, I know. Towards the end of the Dang. school year, I was like, what, what, what's happening? I don't understand what the logic is i don't know what my purpose is i don't know what your purpose is <laughs> like <laughs> um, you're just 
said that just you didn't. I don't know what your purpose is right now. <laughs> so I, I think it's just tough all around. I feel like we fundamentally teachers want what's best with their, for their students, right? And it's tough because we have so many kids who need different things. And there's only one of us and 28 of them. Mm-hmm. So what they need will look different from my next class, from the person yeah. sitting next to them. And there is no right answer to anything. Right. <laughs> and that's super frustrating. And you have to still work within a system that's not always flexible Correct. or gracious. Correct. So then it's just, it is what it is. And as teachers, I feel like we do the best that we can with what we have and still show up every day for our kids because that's that's who we are. Yep. So is that your, your like, little baby step is just show up? Every day. Nah. With, well, I mean, most yeah. days. Most days. With <laughs> coffee or else I murder my kids. <laughs> show up most days. Take your personal days and sick days as needed. Mm-hmm. And... Really just be intentional about doing what's best for our students. Correct. And what will look different, like, your eight kids, whatever they need, will look very much different than what my kids need. And that needs to be okay. And we need to Mm -hmm. realize that that's okay. And that maybe we won't teach all of Antigone. Maybe we won't get to (laughs) adjectives. Maybe we'll do the spark notes and move right along. Correct. And maybe we just have to... Be flexible and be okay with that. And then take naps. Preach. Correct. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. Yes. I hope you'll be back. Correct. Correct. This was very fast. I was scared that we're going to be like, um... (laughs) (laughs) No, I know you like to talk, so it's easy to... Correct. To get out there and do it. Yes. And I'm excited that this is the third one. And you're number three. Correct. Which is a great place to be when you're me. <laughs> I love that. Correct. So you'll be, I'll make sure you can be like three, only three, six, nine, thirteen. Yes. We'll work on it. Oh my god, yes. If you'll come back, I'll make sure that you always get your favorite numbers. I'll dig it. Alright, so as we get into the school year, show up for your kids. Do what you can. Remember it's okay to put grading off another day. Correct. Or grade for completion. Yeah. Or get a TA. Mm Mm-hmm. Or stamps. Just like, check mark. Correct. Here's sticker. Good job. Whatever you gotta do to get through it so you can show up for your students. Um, This is another episode. Has been a wonderful episode of Reimagine Teaching with Edith. Um, Stay tuned. Our next episode will be in two weeks. Until then, keep doing what you're doing. 